Last time on Great Relationships. My father's coming in town, and I'm cleaning the house like crazy. I needed to go to bed, so my husband offered that he would finish the floors. And my husband has this amazing way of waiting to the last minute. Okay, that sounds like someone I know. (laughs) Right. I mean, every husband's like that. So I go to bed, go to work. I'm coming home from work, and I call him, and... He tells me that he's going to try to fit in a golf game before my dad gets here. Automatically. (laughs) And then vacuum, of course. (laughs) Automatically, I go to that place and I snap judgment and say, oh, so you get to go play golf and I have to come home to clean the floors, even though you promised that you were going to do that. And at the time, looking back, he very kindly made a remark that said, well, I got to fit in my golf game before your dad gets here. And... I had these anxieties that in my head I'm thinking, how dare he? He promised that he was going to do this, and now I'm the one that has to take care of this. And I walked in the door, and he was vacuuming. That was our newlywed from last time. This is Paul Moore here with Herman Eben. Hey, Paul. And we are Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. We have been talking about the problem, making it all about me. In fact, we've coined a term, my me is flashing. For me, (laughs) on the topic of the flashing me, what I think of as a flashing me, I see lights and an alarm sound. You know, that's the problem. The solution, on the other hand, is pursuing the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. So going back to the newlywed, how could she have made life better, Herman, for herself by pursuing her husband's best and applied the solution? By the end of the day, you're going to learn exactly how to do that. But let me just tell you, there's three straightforward steps that she could apply that would come directly from God's Word to help her apply this solution. And those three steps are learn, apply, and serve. That is what is going to be a major difference for our life if we pay attention to this type of stuff. In fact, these three steps, if you follow them, will have a much larger impact Those three steps will actually transform your life. Those three steps can make a huge difference in your life if you're just willing to follow what we're going to talk about here today. Okay, well, I'm having a problem because I'm hearing Leonard Skinner in my mind going, give me three steps, give me three steps more. So that's the big thing. Herman, before we talk about that, would you pray for us that my ears might be open and perhaps more importantly, the ears of my heart would be open? Absolutely. Lord, we thank you so much that you are the God that has made things so straightforward, so simple for us. And yet we continually try to go off and do it on our own. We have so many examples in your word that show us doing it your way is always best. And I pray that we will learn from these three straightforward steps that you offer to us, that we will make our relationships better. In your precious name, Amen. Hallelujah. Herman, thank you. So again, how could our newlywed have made life better on herself and for her husband by pursuing his best? Well, let's let's start off directly right into the scripture. Where where these three steps come from, it actually is eight steps summarized into three. This scripture is 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Now listen to this. But also for this very reason... Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, 
and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here we have eight specific elements that the Lord is asking us to apply to our life. Now, all of those eight elements are very critical because if you notice, it ends with love. Now, that's very important because that is in the third step that we're going to be talking about. I'm going to summarize this to make it into learn, apply, and serve. You can take the first three items, faith, virtue, knowledge, as the learning step. If I do the learning, if I start my learning from the viewpoint of saying, I'm going to trust in something other than myself for a change, faith. That's what faith is all about. It's trusting in something outside of yourself. I'm going to do something that is going to trust in God, hopefully, and I'm going to start looking for the virtues of Jesus Christ. What virtues do I want to apply to my life? I'm going to trust that God has the answer, faith, and I'm going to go look for virtues of Jesus Christ that I want to put into my life. Now that I've done those two things, then I can go beyond that to the place of saying, okay, let's go back to our solution. Patience, kindness, sacrifice, unconditional. I could choose any one of those four. There's multiple others. You have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You could choose that. You could go to the Sermon on the Mount, choose any one of those ten. So what I would be doing is saying, whatever's in God's Word, faith, I'm going to trust that that's the thing I want. Virtue, I'm going to choose one of the virtues of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to go get some knowledge about that. So I'm going to start learning how to think like God wants me to think. Okay, but you're giving me three steps. This is the first one, learn, apply, right? That's right. And then serve is the third one. But right here in the very first step, the learn phase, you're already taking me back to the fundamental question. That's exactly right. And remind us of what that is. The fundamental question, will I trust God or will I trust on something else? Or you say in plain English, am I going to do what God wants me to do, or am I going to do what I want Absolutely. to do? Absolutely. Now, if, if we think about it, how would this step have helped the newlywed? Well, actually, that little p- part would be a very huge benefit just to be thinking, if she was willing to say, am I willing to trust God or am I willing to trust myself? That is a great thing to consider. But... We'll think about that a little bit more in a later later issue. And I don't want to go too far down the rabbit trail Mm -hmm. here, but right up front, when she walked in the house, she was all up in herself. And I know I've been there a thousand times. It's easy for me to relate to this newlywed story. It just simply is. But I'm now looking for a checklist. I want you to say, oh, there's three steps. Learn, apply, serve. And before I even get to learn, to be able to learn, I have to ask this fundamental question. That's right. Am I willing to trust God or do I want to trust something else? That's right. And in that learning step, in that learning step, it's critical that we actually go get some knowledge. It's not just, I'm going to trust God. It's, I'm going to trust God for what he has told me to do. It goes into the whole concept of I'm going to be a doer and not a hearer only. It goes into all of those concepts. In this learning phase, it is imperative that we learn the things that God wants us to learn, not what we are getting from man's wisdom. That's critical for us. So in order for us to apply the solution, it starts with this first step, learn. 
learn, learn. And too often we think we already know, and we don't. We don't know. But before I can even learn, you want me to prepare my little knapsack for school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's no doubt that there is some of this that is imperative for us to consider related to, I do need to go back to the basics. The basics are very important here. Okay, so I've got the fundamental question, right? Am I trusting God or am I trusting someone else? I've got the three steps. So where do we go to learn? You obviously go to God's Word to learn. That's where we're pulling this from. We're pulling this very clear scripture that's saying, here are eight elements that we're dividing into three steps. These eight elements are coming directly from God's Word, and I wish that I had time to go back to the previous verses to show you why these eight steps are so important, but we're going to take that time at a later later date. But I want you to recognize you can apply this solution to your life. You can put this solution in your life. The newlywed can put it into her life by starting with the learning phase. Trust in something other than yourself, faith. Go choose a virtue and then start your process of knowledge about that particular virtue. Thank you, Herman. And I need to remind myself that I need not just one, but all three steps. We'll talk about that after the break. Before we go, find us and like us on Facebook at GR Numeral 8 Relationships. Then give us a call at 1-800-819-4293. Great definitions for great relationships. We have all asked, what is confession? Confession is actually an outward expression of an inward change of heart. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Jackhammer, saws, pliers. Is your toolbox complete? Add some critical thinking tools to your kit as you listen to Worldview Academy's Bill Jack with simple tools for brain surgery. Have you ever stayed in a hotel in which you had to keep the lights on? The reason, of course, is that you don't want to hear this sound. Whoa, baby, you don't want to hear that sound. That's right, it's the sound of cockroaches. So why do you keep the light on? Because the roaches hide in the walls from the light. Funny, people too often rush to the darkness when the light of truth is shined on them. In his discussion of the habits people develop in suppressing truth, Paul lists their foolish hearts are darkened as habit number four. Apparently, as Jesus said, men do love darkness rather than light. That's why Christians need to let the light of His truth shine in and through us to dispel darkness, another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, go to worldview.org. Well, that was my flashing me for a really cheap duck call that I need to return anyway. Before the break, we had discussed the situation with our newlywed, how her expectations, and she was making it about her and what needed to be done. And the truth is, it's not just her, it's all of us. But you had given us a decision we need to make in three steps. That's right. It starts with the learn step. And we said it's going to be learn, apply, serve. But in that very first part of the learn step, it comes, by the way, it comes from Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. And that very first element of the learn step is I need to have trust in God rather than something other than God. So and having fa- done that, that qualifies that, me for the first step. Yeah, that's faith. 
virtue and knowledge that you're going to see in Second Peter chapter 1, faith, virtue, and knowledge. And with that in mind, that allows us to do the learn step. Now, notice in that particular passage, the next place we go after we get some knowledge, you have faith, you have virtue, then you have knowledge. The next place we go is self-control. How interesting. But Herman, I thought you've talked about this before. Self-control or control of self is a fruit of the Spirit. That's exactly right. That's something that's very important for us to remember. So this isn't something I've got or I go to the store and get. God gives it to me. I, you know, each one of us have a certain amount of self-control, but the issue is the self-control that comes from the Spirit is an inexhaustible supply. <laughs> that's what's so important. You mean no last nerve, or that's, I've had yeah. enough. It, it, it doesn't come down to the point point of, I, I, just, I just can't take it anymore. You know, it doesn't go to, go to that place where the newlywed would be in, in that frame of mind as she was walking into the house thinking that she was going to be like, I'm going to get to the place where I can't take it anymore. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so when you have self-control, we each as individuals do have the ability to have some self-control, but you don't have the amount of self-control that's necessary to get you into this next step, which is perseverance or the next element of that second step. Because I'm, I'm going to end up confusing you if I don't watch it. You have learn, apply, serve. The learn has the three elements of faith virtue and knowledge. The second step is apply, which has self-control and perseverance. Okay, so then what we are considering here is if I don't pay attention to the idea of the Holy Spirit running my life, I will not have enough self-control to persevere with it. So the issue is for us to consider also, you're not going to be able to implement the solution until you start operating in all three of these steps. Because if I remember, if you remember right, I told you that these eight elements end in love. And that is what our solution is all about, pursuing the best for others. So this second step here is all about the idea of I am going to take what I've learned and apply it to myself and persevere with it long enough so that I can move into this extremely important element, which is the idea of godliness. And again, all of this is in Second Peter chapter one, verses four, uh, uh, five through eight. Five through eight. Yeah. And in fact, let's just take a quick break here, and let me read it to you again. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what's so fun for me to consider, and the reason why this goes way beyond just the solution to relationships. It goes into the whole element of transforming your life. Because once you are in this point of self-control and perseverance, you move into this third word of the apply stage of godliness. Now, there's many definitions of godliness that people tend to use. The, the term that I have gravitated toward comes from Warren Wiersbe, and I love this definition. 
in order to think about it, what you want to consider first is when we operate in the human plane, we see things as humans see them, correct? Right. When we when God operates, he is seeing things totally different than us. He is seeing things through a perspective that sees all, knows all, has all power. Now, this is the idea of godliness. When I have, by faith, trusted in God, something outside of myself, I have gathered some knowledge, excuse me, chosen a virtue, gathered some knowledge about it, applied it to myself, and persevered with it. What happens to me is godliness, which means I start seeing life differently. I start seeing things through God's eyes. So the definition of godliness we like is rising above the petty issues of life and seeing things through God's eyes. Now, just just imagine what that could be for a relationship that I have learned about a specific virtue. Maybe it's just kindness. Maybe it's sacrifice. Maybe it's unconditional. I have learned about that to the point that I've applied it to my life, and it's not just an application to my life, but I've actually started seeing life through God's way of seeing life. That is huge. But this is difficult for me because my mind is going back to the middle bits where we were looking at in two in the application where we've got self-control and perseverance. I don't do either of those on my own. That is something that the Holy Spirit reveals and indwells in me. And yet, you have a choice, and you always will have a choice to allow that to happen or not. And that's what happens in all of us, whether we move into applying the solution or actually being transformed in life. Well, and I guess that's what I wanted to ask, because there were two things as you're talking that come to mind. The first is, I can't white-knuckle this with a relationship. I can't do it. Devoid of Jesus Christ, well, if this do, isn't going to work. That's right. If you white-knuckle it, you are going to have expectations, and that's what this is all about, what we were talking about last time. Expectations end up driving you to have a desire to get something out of somebody rather than you just doing what's right. But, Herman, I know couples all the time, myself included, that struggle with this. We don't, I'm not even going to say we, I'm going to say I don't know that I know that devoid of Jesus Christ, devoid of the leading and indwelling of the Holy Spirit, steps two and three are not going to happen. Well, everybody has that same issue. The issue is, am I literally following through with the choice of even starting in the faith issue. How do I end up deceived, confused, thinking I'm going to do it on my own? All of us, all of us, but I'm going to put myself out there. I know that I have written checks emotionally that I couldn't cash. It's all because we aren't doing what verses 2 through 4 tell us in Second Peter chapter 1, and we don't have time to go through all of those, but let me just synopsize it for you. We think we can do it without the knowledge, this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We're trying to do relationships without trusting God. Go back to the very first element, faith. When we are trying to do a life of relationships, and these relationships aren't based on this intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ, you don't have a chance to do any of this. Okay, my me's flashing. Let's go back to our newlywed for an example. She walked in the house, and she was already powered up. The alarms were going off. That's right. 
it wasn't just the first step that she failed. It was going back to, do I trust God? How do we get there? Actually, what has happened there, and it let's talk about this again, she really needs to be through step three before she's going to start operating correctly. She needs to be through the serve phase before she's going to walk through that door and act differently. Okay. Here's what happened much, much of my life. My life has been generally in the learn and apply phase, but I never went to the serve phase. I learned and learned and I applied and I taught. I knew a lot of God's word, but I never applied it because that serve phase is so critical. I don't want you to be, I don't want our newlywed to be in just the learn and apply. I want them to know how to go into and have their life transformed. You will not be transformed unless you do all three steps. You will not apply the solution unless you do all three steps. Find us and like us on Facebook at GR numeral 8 Relationships, or easier still, you can give us a call at 800-819-4293. We'll be back right after this. Great thoughts for great relationships. Let's face it, your happiness is a lousy job to assign to anyone or anything. Why let someone else control you that way? Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Before the break, we were talking about the newlywed and how she could have done things differently that her emotions could not have been any different had she not gone through the three steps before. That's right. In fact, that's one of the key elements that we've got to be paying attention to very critically. I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this in other people's lives. In fact, I'll, I'll admit to and confess right here that, and I've confessed it to the Lord many times, that I have taught Sunday school classes. I've preached sermons with the first two steps in mind, but never considered the third one. Because I was more about looking good, more about knowing God's word, more about trying to apply it to my life, which was there's some great benefit with that. But the issue is there's a big difference between knowledge and transformation. When you get into the idea that it's not just about the knowledge, it's not just about me, but notice what this goes back to. And let me, let me give you the eight elements from Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, and then that critical tipping point, godliness. 
then it gets into brotherly kindness and love. So in the first step, the learn step is all about faith, virtue, and knowledge. I'm going to trust something other than myself. I'm going to uh, choose a virtue of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to get some knowledge about that. Now, These are all pretty much me do. I have to do them. they're, They're internal. That's a great way. There's multiple ways that you can take those verses and categorize them, and that's a great way to do it. In fact, all of the first two steps, learn and apply, are internal, and then it starts bridging out. This is what's so important about why these steps will make the solution work, why it will transform your life, because you go from internal to external through godliness. Notice this. This is what's so interesting about that particular word. And how did we define godliness again? Rising above the petty issues of life to see things through God's eyes. Now, you can learn all you want. You can apply it to your life and actually see some benefit to your life from that viewpoint, but you'll never be transformed until you do the brotherly kindness and love concepts or the brotherly kindness and love elements of that particular passage. That means that I have taken the information in, applied it to myself, but then I am actually changing my life by serving other people. That is, that's, a, that's, that's lost on most of us. Well, I'm asking because, honestly, I can be a bit of a control freak. So as I'm looking at these three steps, learn, apply, and serve, I'm trying to say, okay, what is really my part in this? What is God asking? And it looks like the first step is me do. Mm-hmm. Right? Learn. I have to go learn. I have to make the decision. I have to do something. In the apply phase, it looks like that's something God is doing with me. And then in the serve phase, it looks like something that God is doing through me if I allow. Excellent way to do it. That's outstanding. That's exactly. If you can take that and apply that to your life, that's a wonderful way to see this passage to make you different. And now what we want to be doing is figuring out how to truly make it work for us. Okay, so how would I solve that for the newlywed that we had in our story? Well, just think about it. Go back to the first step. She's decided, you know what, I want to, I understand that pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. I don't expect to get to all four of those immediately. You know, let's just try the first one, patient. Let's just try the first one. Lord, I know that you are supremely patient. You have shown that multiple times. Okay, trust, knowledge, virtue, chosen chosen that uh, patience. I'm going to go get some information out of your word to see how you're asking me to be patient. She starts doing that. She applies it to her life. Lord, I'm not going to be able to pull this off. Here's another situation. Literally, if she had that in her mind, walking through the door going, Lord, I'm even if she's not into the serve phase yet, it would be a, a, a huge benefit for her to be going, Lord, I'm working on this patience element. You're going to need to do it through me because I'm about ready to explode. <laughs> 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 that's that's the way it can work. And if she is to the place where she's going, Lord, I don't see this through your eyes. I don't see this the way you want me to see it, godliness. But if she is then, here's here's what's so cool about this, the way God laid this out. What's so cool is that you actually assimilate all of those other elements, the learn and apply into your life, the minute you're willing to go pursue the best for somebody else, loving brotherly kindness and love. 
you will not be transformed unless you start serving. So in her mind, she would truly have the opportunity to be a person that would be different with her husband when she decided, you know what, it's time for me just to walk through this door and serve him to pursue his best. Well, bless God, you said it doesn't happen all at once. So my question is this, is that why a lifetime takes a lifetime? (laughs) Sure it is. (laughs) I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this a lot, but that scripture again was 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, the three steps, learn, apply, and serve. I invite you to visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's gr numeral 8 relationships.com. There you'll find a study guide to help you with the material. You may even sign up for our newsletter. Find us and like us on Facebook at Great Relationships. Creating real relationships without demands, control, or regrets. Great Relationships. Pursuing the best in work, in life, and love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. One of the most powerful testimonies I know is my mother's story. There is no nice way to say it. The man she married is an ugly man. He is not kind with his words. He is very demeaning. He despises the kids to the point that we do not want to be around him. He is a drunk who does not work, and he has left her several times. The last time he left, he had to have back surgery and needed someone to help care for him. There was no one other than my mom who was willing to take that job. Later, when I heard Mom discussing what she should do with her friends, I heard the real question. Not how long she should stay, but who should she trust? She chose to trust God. Join us next time for Great Relationships as we discuss this powerful story. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right relationships, right thinking, right now.